think we are now in the second hour of uh, the talking point. So we're talking about this household survey into uh, nutrition and food security. It's launching its third this its third phase, one, two, three phase. And the National Food and Nutrition Security Survey begins this third phase in Gauteng in the Eastern Cape in KwaZulu-Natal this coming Monday the 11th. These include uh, who, who that's who's being surveyed is the head of households and a person who's responsible for food procurement and food preparation in the household. Other participants will include children under the ages of five, uh, biological mothers of children in this age group. This phase starts mere days after the release of the tragic news report that came out of the Daily Maverick that indicated that 14 children under the age of five starved to death in the Nelson Mandela Bay, the Eastern Cape's biggest metropolitan in the last 15 months alone. Another 216 cases, new cases of severe and acute malnutrition were confirmed. So to zoom into this issue, we are uh, joined by Dr. Shingi Mutanga, uh, who is research group leader, uh, climate services, smart places at CSIR and the principal investigator of the study. Thank you so much for your time, Dr. Mutanga, and welcome. So phase three means that uh, you are at a point where you yourselves are making some observations from the first two studies. Maybe let's start there. What observations, if at all, have you made from the first two studies and where were they done? Good morning. Good morning, KG, and morning, listeners. Um, Pleasure being with you today this morning. Uh, indeed, we this is our first three of the National Food Security and Nutrition Project Survey, which we are undertaking uh, under the auspices of the Department of uh, Agricultural Land Reform and Rural Development. Uh, the 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 first phase was undertaken in Lim, in Limpopo, Mpumalanga, and Northwest Province. The second followed Free State, the Northern Cape, and Western Cape. Uh, and uh, the, the last phase, which is uh, the third phase, which looks at Gauteng, uh, uh, Eastern Cape, and KZN. We have started this project uh, ever since last year, uh, in, during the peak of COVID-19, uh, to try and uh, collect information to identify uh, the extent of uh, food security and nutrition in the country with the intention to uh, derive targeted intervention. I think key to note is, yes, we may speak of figures, but where are these figures? Where are these people? How many are they? And do we have reliable statistics that can inform better informed targeted interventions by the government and sometimes the statistics that are drawn they are drawn from uh, simulations or projections based on a very small sample perhaps that we have and this survey the intention is to provide a baseline assessment for the country which provides a comprehensive analysis of food and nutrition security why is say food and nutrition security? Because often most surveys or most 
data that is being collected. It's collected either for food security or for nutrition security. Let me just go on to distinct between the two. They may sound to be similar, but they are different in the sense that when you look at food security, sometimes you're looking at uh, what we call four pillars of food security in terms of availability of the food, in terms of access to the food, in terms of utilization of the food, and in terms of how stable is it for a household to have food throughout a year, for instance. Mm. A family might have food today, might have food this week, but might not have food next week. And that has got a number of factors that define how a household can have food which sustain the month, the full year, or just a week, or not even just a day. And the statistics that you have just provided now, yes, it, it, it's a worrisome uh, situation that we are faced with. Uh, jumping back even back to some of the surveys that have been undertaken in the past, around 2017, 2018, okay. which, which shows about 6.8 million South Africans experiencing hunger, uh, numbers. What, what's that Five, number of South Africans experiencing hunger? I didn't hear that. I said 6.8 million South Africans. 6.8 million, yeah. Yes. And uh, in, in the past, around uh, almost uh, two decades ago, we're talking of around 13.5 million South Africans experiencing hunger. Much as it might seem to have dropped, but the reality that we are faced with is we still have millions of people that are experiencing hunger. Mm. Uh, in the in the in, in the snapshot that we have undertaken now uh, in um, Limpopo, Pumalanga, Northwest, the team is still busy trying to interrogate the figures so that what we provide is uh, an accurate uh, uh, results that are derived from 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 the survey that has been undertaken. Yeah, but. Uh, what I can give without specific percentages at the present moment is that um, obviously the COVID pandemic came with its own, uh, it, it had hit the, the economy of South Africa, it had hit the, the society, and uh, part of the, the, the findings that we are drawing already hinges on the COVID um, uh, situation or pandemic that, 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 that we have envisaged in the country. And uh, a lot of people, of course, uh, particularly in the rural uh, communities, open access land, livelihood zones that we have visited already, uh, they've been pointing towards such. And uh, how we pick on that is uh, they are heavy reliance on 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 on, on government grants, particularly mm. the, the, the the social the social. Uh, uh, department sees the right budget that has been set aside by the government to try and alleviate the situation in the country. And uh, already that denotes that with the increasing number of people that are being unemployed in the country, the heavy reliance on government grants to actually provide food on the table to kids or the families in, on the table uh, hinges on 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 on. on on, 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 on what makes people get something at least in a day. 
But how sustainable that is, that becomes something questionable, which perhaps needs to be uh, interrogated further in order for us to come up with uh, perhaps sustainable targeted interventions that can help alleviate the food and hunger situation and nutrition situation in the country. Then when it comes to the nutrition component, I just described the, the, the food security. We are saying the food might be there, but is it of nutrition value? Mm. Maybe they just eat pap and potatoes, <laughs> and there are no vegetables, or neither there are there proteins that are there to augment the, 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 the type of diet which uh, either a child or a human uh, being or an adult would, would require. Hence, we have challenges such as obesity, standing, growth, and, and etc. that point to the nutritional component of the survey which uh, the study is, is looking at. Of course, other nutritional uh, elements that can be drawn from a health perspective where symbols are actually drawn. But in this survey, we are not looking at the health uh, simple dimension of the nutritional aspects of um, uh, the households and the children in in the country, but at least it provides us a, what I would call a helicopter view of uh, what the household food security and nutrition security is in the country at the present moment. Yeah, and and. Uh... Are there glaring differences? Because uh, phase three means, uh, you know, uh, there's a lot of data that uh, you've uh, obviously gathered. But when I look at how you grouped uh, the places you went to, for example, there's a phase that included Limpopo, Mpumalanga, and the Northwest Province. And we know those are provinces with uh, minimal economic activity, really, and high poverty, inequality. In fact, poverty, unemployment, and inequality is South Africa's biggest problem. Problem. But is there a strategic reason as you wa- as to why you grouped uh, the provinces the way that you did? And secondly, what were the glaring differences, if at all, between the first two groups that you've surveyed up to now, COVID notwithstanding? Yeah, well, um, I, I think uh, I would say Partly the, the criterion that we have used to class the different provinces was more of, uh, let me say, firstly, it's convenience purposes, because um, what we needed was um, it, the process actually of data collection across, mm-hmm. across the provinces is such an intensive uh, process which um, involves a number of, of variables and uh, key uh, uh, processes in between in order to, to, to do that. For instance, the recruitment of um, uh, field with data collectors and training them in order for them to be in a position to, to collect information. Mm. Uh, later alone, translating the scientific uh, components of the survey into our local indigenous languages so that when they converse with the households in their respective uh, areas they, they can use, talk to them in their own they language can talk to them in their own language mm. which they would understand mm. so we, we we had to cluster more from even a language dimension to say okay uh, can we get field workers or field um, data collection um, team that will be able to be multilingual or speak the languages in those respective provinces 
much as we are recruiting these from the respective provinces, but at the same time, you would need those who supervise others as well mm. in order to collect this information. So the team of supervisors and the team of those that lead the process of data collection, we had to to find a fluid between the various provinces. So mm. we had to cluster the, the provinces in such a way that at least the team leaders and the supervisors, that will be, they will be able at least to move from one province to the other. Uh, the second dimension to it is uh, around just the, 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 the geographic spread. When you look at provinces like Ezetan and Ezetan, they are very big. Yes, <laughs> uh, yes, yes. And and to move from one corner of the province to the other, uh, it, it, and, and, and the total number of districts and municipalities that we have in those respective provinces, they are fairly bigger compared mm. to the other provinces. Much as we needed to roll out this within a very short space of time, uh, we also realize that we need to maybe take a stepwise process so that at least we are in a position to 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 test the instruments that we have and also with a lesser number of uh, people that we are visiting or that we were assembling i mean to collect the information on uh, as we improve uh, we then increase expand the numbers then go to the bigger provinces that's why we have them towards the last of uh, of the last leg of the survey. Yeah. But that being said, uh, in terms of the similarities and, uh, and differences, of course, we are already picking some new in this. Uh, can, can I ask you to, to, to pause, uh, Dr. Mutanga, because I have to yes. go to news headlines and I think uh, the bit of inf- information you're talking now is important because I want to come back and talk the trends, the patterns and, and whether government, uh, you know, uh, is listening to uh, the message that you gather or the information that you gather when you share with them and whether there is any other interest outside of just government uh, in the information that you are gathering. It's 10 30, it's time for the news headlines and Musa standing by. Welcome back. Uh, we've been having a conversation with Dr. Shingi Mutanga, who is research group leader, climate services, smart places at CSIR, and the principal principal investigator of a study. A study, really, it's a household survey into nutrition and food security, and they're now in phase number three uh, that gets launched here in Gauteng, in the Eastern Cape, and in Guazul Natal this coming Monday, the 11th. And interestingly enough, it's a study then includes the head of the household and the person responsible for food procurement and food preparation. And I want to talk about that, uh, Dr. Mutanga, because when you get into a household, uh, there's varied pieces of information that you gather from, uh, you know, the different people in an average household. Talk to me about that. Yes, KG. Um, when we enter the household, we intend to get um, as much information about food security and nutrition as possible. And uh, there are different tires to this, where some households, we, we, we target to, to, to speak to the head of the household, which a, it can either be a parent or someone who is just responsible for that household and or who is the, the, the so-called head. And um, if that person is not there, then perhaps another senior person that can speak to that would would, would follow. Then uh, 
we we have a component that is directly that directly feeds onto the either the children that are within the household. So it can either be a mother or the caregiver to the children because they can give you the information about what they have been eating and. Uh, 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 the patterns that we have in that household that can be drawn from 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 that uh, uh, leader of the or the caregiver for the children. Then the third component looks at the the, the measurements that are done, particularly to the children under five, in order to determine whether they are getting malnutrition. Uh, they, they are getting nutritious uh, food elements that speaks to 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 to. to to, to the children, mm. and those are called anthropometric measurements that are done, where uh, they they their they weight and, and and so forth. But key is to try and derive indices or indicators that do not provide uh, sufficient information around what they what we call hidden hunger challenges, mm. where in a family you can say yes they have food, but um, like I alluded to before. The family might not have a good dietary food diversity in mm. that household, and 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 we need to talk and get information on nuances around that. Yeah. But then when we target the back to the head of the household, the idea is well to draw um, some of the key salient points of reference that the household uses in order to provide food on the table. In the household, it could be to do with income. It could be to do with employment. It could be to do with education level. It could be to do with so that we can ascertain whether the family has got a sustainable scenario which can provide sufficient food throughout the the, the year. Yeah. And uh, one way of doing that, just looking say for the variable of, um, of of income, for instance, then the chances are that maybe the household had or someone senior in the household is any money, and if so, is it consistent throughout the year? And if so, is it sufficient in order to provide the food for the number of people within the, the household. household? Okay, we have so, some calls. So, we we have some calls, uh, Doctor Mutanga, uh, and yes. they've been holding for quite a while. They want to ask you some question. Jen in Breckenfell. Good morning. Sorry for making you hold for so long. Hi, oh, hi, Jen. Hi, KJ. Good morning. Mm. No man, it is okay. Uh, ma'am, I just need to make a disclaimer quickly. Although my name is Jan, uh, I am, or let me say it, stated like this. Sometimes when I receive criticism from whoever, then I listen to the person who gives that criticism. Because I have some criticism towards the doctor, unfortunately. And, and, but now this is it. I am not white, although I have a, I have a white name. There's a long history to it. And another one is, uh, I know hunger. I experience it. I know what it is. And that is why I don't appreciate when the doctor laughed when he said something almost disdainfully disdainfully that people eat. But uh, uh, I don't know, and this is my criticism and apologies to the doctor. I don't know why the research is with you at the Department of Agriculture or wherever that is. It's at the, at the CSIR. They are doing the research on behalf of the department. The department commissioned the research from them. All right, I hear you on that one. 
look, Teji, through my experience, and when I stated earlier, I, I experienced hunger Thursday and for years. From my experience, the, the solution is I would like, I would have loved to see a more dynamic approach. A, a, an approach last, a few weeks ago, there was children starving to death in the Eastern Cape. 14 and children and under the age of five starved to death in what, Nelson Mandela Bay, yeah? Yes, and now today we seem to boast about a report that would somehow, in this report or this research is already going on for one year already, and it is now the certain phase, perhaps another two years before we see the result. We know, I can take the doctor to people, I just passed the noon now here in the Western Cape. I can show him children walking around in the bushes looking for food. I, we don't need a report. I want... The, the social services department to be capacitated to immediately address the hunger problem in our country. Yeah. I would like the schools where the children come to when they're hungry to give them food. I want a system that is working. I'm not interested in a CSIR report that is going to be on the table in four years' time. It's going to be new government. It's going to be new political officials. And we know that if the report comes out, it depends on the political will of the person who receives the report to, to implement what the report is. Yeah. The hunger must be addressed yesterday already, my sister. It I agree with you, actually, Jan. Thank question. you for your question. Justice in Guazulu Natal, you also have a question for Dr. Mutanga? Yes, okay, Ji. Um, I just want to thank you. And then we see what... Uh, uh, I'm worried about the elitification because you see it's... Um, been detected after a number of times. And unfortunately, this is not an exact truth of legislation of what is the benefit. Why? Because there is the part which is not actually covered. I mean, the part which is at the grassroots level. So when we are actually executing like things, we might have maybe different lenses and conclusions and therefore uh, based on what we actually like see. Maybe this will actually like, uh, make us to create some templates whereby we're going to say, uh, this is a study of which uh, it should be actually maybe conducted by different people and uh, submit everything and the accounting for even people who are not actually present. Whereby when like uh, creating a template that uh, for a child, for a parent, for a counselor, for a, a premier, for SAPS and courts and the CRPT and whatever, these are the things which they could do actually achieve so that they will be relevant. Because what you are like, uh, discussing about, it is linked because uh, challenges in South Africa, they're interlinked, like the land and distribution. You see that land and distribution, it should actually consider that there are people who are in severe poverty. You see crime, it is actually like uh, committed a time where people are actually like being compelled, finding themselves in a complete uh, condition whereby they eventually. I might not have to like know the details of what was been reported by this uh, study. So, like we are actually like what uh, I mean, uh, suggesting quotas whereby we're suggesting 60-40%. And when we are saying 60-40%, what about that 40-60% uh, and that, which means indirectly we're contributing to crime and yet we don't know that we're there are quite a lot of people who are working for the type of individual. And the end yeah. talk like I do. You see, yeah, Justice, unfortunately, I've run out of time. I think you've, 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 made, you've, made, you've made your point. I have to go to a commercial break. Uh, please, let's allow Dr. Mutanga to apply his mind uh, to the comments that have been put. But I have to quickly go to a commercial break. Is your shopping list longer and your time shorter? This game delivered's got you covered. From healthcare essentials to baby food, beauty and toiletries, 
Whatever you need, Diskem delivered. Download our easy-to-use Diskem app and shop over 7,000 Diskem products at in-store prices that will be delivered to you within 60 minutes. Now you can relax while we deliver your essentials to you. It's that simple. Diskem delivered from us to you on demand. SAFM values your views. Be an active citizen. You are listening to KG Mwekezi on SAFM. Welcome back. It's 10.43. We are really in the uh, end of our discussion uh, talking about Phase 3 of the National Food and Nutrition Security Survey, which kicks off uh, next Monday. It's Phase 3, and it's being conducted by the Human Sciences Research Council, which is uh, the conversation that we're having uh, with uh, Dr. Mutara, Mutanga, who is the research group leader at uh, the Human Sciences Research Council under Climate Services, Smart Places at CSIR. I don't know if you want to uh, perhaps, uh, you know, uh, uh, give your thoughts on the comments that came through from those calls, Dr. Muta- Mutanga. Yes, KG, yes, KG, very, 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 very valuable inputs from the callers, um, much appreciated. Um, maybe let me start by indicating that um, much as this project is under the auspice of the Department of uh, uh, Agriculture, Rural Development and Land Reform, uh, it's, it's, it's also uh, championed under the banner of what is called the South African Vulnerability Assessment Committee, which is a committee that is constituted by different line departments of the government of South Africa. For instance, the Department of Health, the Department of Social Development, the Department of Lands, the Department of Water, and uh, other entities, uh, including DSI, Department of Science and Innovation. And uh, there are representatives in this board uh, that then speak to to vulnerability assessment and how they tie into the different line departments. Yes, what we are going to get out of this baseline assessment or this survey feeds into directly into these different line departments, of course, coming from different angles in the what I referred to as the targeted interventions by the different line departments that we have in the government. And and the idea is to approach this from a holistic point of view, where different entities, where Department of uh, Agriculture, Department of Water, Department of Social Development, have uh, targeted interventions to the very same communities, but drawing from empirical evidence that has been derived from this survey. Yeah. The second point I want to bring forth is that uh, uh, it's true to say that it's one thing to collect information, it's another thing to implement and have uh, uh, interventions accordingly. Yeah, and, and that is the core concern of the people whose comments came through, that, you know, here's research being gathered and yet there's urgency on the ground right now. Equally important is to say, okay, South Africa with its population, right, of these over 50 million people in South Africa, where are those that need high priority 
in terms of food security and nutrition. Mm. And what kind of interventions are we looking at for these people? And this is the need for us to, this calls for the need, I mean, to have uh, uh, assessments, the baseline assessment like the one that we are undertaking now. Mm. Because if I take, for example, uh, we have areas, say, in the Limpopo province, which are dominantly, um, what is it, which have got agricultural production, yeah. perhaps as the key economic driver. Yes. And that means people around that those communities, perhaps they rely more on work in the, in the farms. Yes. Or maybe they actually produce food through their own land. So from a land point of view, when we talk of land restitution, land redistribution, we are saying, who are these who need perhaps priority in terms of accessing land for them to produce food on their own in order to supply or feed either their families or the communities around and the country at large. Targeted interventions. Yes. Which ones are those need subsistence interventions? Which ones are those that are running commercial farming? And uh, in terms of the distribution, say, of just the land, looking at land on its own, what are some of the key variables that we need to, in light of shocks, be it climate change, droughts, floods, etc., in terms of production and accessing food from a production point of view, what is it that we need to target on? But yeah. then when you come to say Mpumalang, we realize actually that most of the people, they will tell you that actually we don't have access to land. But majority of them, they are actually employed. Maybe because we have many mines that have been there in the province, in the respective districts. So their end of living is best, not based on production of agriculture, but more on getting jobs from the mines, or etc., for them to earn a living. And in terms of targeted intervention around the people there, it might be different from what Limpopo, certain areas in Limpopo would need. Equally yeah. so, you know, when it comes to, to Northwest. So it varies depending on the geographic characteristics that you have in the respective areas, districts, or municipalities in the provinces that we are looking at. That's why we are saying it needs empirical evidence in order to provide targeted interventions. When it comes to the political will to implement the targeted intervention, that's a separate issue altogether. But do we have sufficient evidence to provide so that the policymakers have the right information to use in order to implement targeted interventions? My last point is on... um, the, 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 the issue around the the the, the pinnacle around land distribution and of course the, 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 the timelines as well that we are carrying out this survey. Much as we know that we we, we got affected by the COVID pandemic which derailed the process of collecting this information time as we would have wished. Mm. By now, we wanted to have closed this project. Unfortunately, this, this was beyond everyone's wish, yeah. or we yeah. never saw it coming. Absolutely. Hence the, hence the delay that we had. But all the same, I think it's still going to provide us with uh, uh, different lenses of viewing food security and nutrition in the country, are mindful of quite a number of other shocks. Already we have learned that when you speak of shocks, don't take for granted even the health shocks that we can have. Yeah. Because they also have a bearing on 
on food and security in the country. Yeah. And, 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 when, and, when, and, when are you anticipating being done uh, with uh, uh, this empirical evidence that you will share with uh, the department? Who will share with other departments that are directly linked uh, to uh, issues of food security around the country? When do you hope to wrap up and be done and submit your, do- your, your document? Yeah, by the towards the last quarter of the of this year, not the financial year of this year, twenty twenty two. So around about November day, I think we should have all the reports submitted uh, to the respective departments. And I suppose we'll then talk to the respective uh, departments to hear what they did. But unfortunately, uh, time has completely run away with us. But thank you so much uh, for your insights, Dr. Shingirari Mutanga, Research Group Leader, uh, Climate Services, Smart Places at CSIR and the Principal Investigator of uh, this study. We.